Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. On the air once again, another week of the Growing in Grace podcast. I'm the Cap, along with Breeze Man, Joel Breezeke. Thank you for being there. We appreciate it very much. I mean, here we are in a, a whole new year. Hopefully this one will be better than last year, <laughs> 2021. And we've been talking about grace by faith, salvation, justification, sanctification, um, all of that. Our, our salvation, our forgiveness, is all based upon the blood of Jesus and the work that he finished at the cross. This is what Paul was hammering home letter after letter, epistle after epistle, time and time again while he was out traveling during those times or writing letters, in this case, to some of the churches out there. This is what Paul was trying to hit home for both Jew and Gentile. And you got to remember, too, that sometimes he was writing to a mixed audience. And I think that could be the case here in Romans, where Joel left off last week in, in Romans 7. Uh, the beginning of Romans 7, Joel explained last week that the marriage example that was being given uh, by Paul had really nothing to do with marriage between a man and a woman specifically. It's not a teaching about how to be in a good Christian marriage. He was using the example of marriage, comparing it to the law. So the Jews who were under the law, married to the law, we Gentiles were never under it. We had no relationship with it, but the Jews did. Uh, But when Jesus died, so to speak, uh, illustratively, people were placed into Christ When he died, they died to the law. They died to the law. Why? Because the law wasn't going to die. The the law has done nothing wrong to deserve death. Uh, and, And so this marriage relationship that the Jews were in from the days of Moses, this marriage relationship that they were in with the law, you know, the, the law was like the husband, they were like the bride to the law. They couldn't just go out and marry somebody else without being called an adulteress. So somebody had to die. And since the law wasn't going to die, the bride was killed, placed into Christ, and then was freed from the law so that they could marry another, marry Jesus, um, become the bride of Christ, right? You've heard that phrase before. So these Jewish people have been delivered or freed from the law, having died to what they were held by in Romans 7, verse 6. Now we can serve in the newness of the Spirit, in a new and better covenant, and not in the oldness of the letter. We live by the Spirit, not by the letter. And I might just mention here real quick before I get this back to you, Joel, the letter is often referred to or seen as the law, and that's true. But uh, if you look the word up in the Greek, even from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, remember 2 Corinthians chapter 3 where, where Paul said the the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. See, we don't live by writings. We don't live by letters, not even epistles. Because if you look that word up in the Greek, you can find that it's also defined not just as law, but as an epistle, which is what are often called, the, the letters in the New Testament are often called epistles. Now, we gain information and revelation from these uh, from these writings, but we don't live by them. We live by the Spirit. He is the giver of life, and he lives in us. Right, yes, and that's that's why it's so important that we know that we have to be dead, well, in, in the Jews' case, to, to be dead to the law in order to be married to Christ. And as Gentiles, we were never under the law, but what happened was, by faith, 
not by our works, not by any works that a Jew or a Gentile could do. We were joined to Christ, and it's by being joined to him, married to him, who was raised from the dead. That's how we bear fruit to God. That's so important. I don't know how many people think that, we, well, we need the law. We've heard this many times. We need the law because it teaches us how to live, and it teaches us, it's, it's a moral compass for us to teach us how to live. Well, as you were saying there, it was really the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation, and it caused fruit to be born unto death. That's what happened under it. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law, it says here in Romans 7, 5. Sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. Now we've been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by. It held us so that, as you're reading here, we should serve in the newness of the spirit, not the oldness of the letter. Big difference there, right? Big difference between trying to live by rules and regulations and the law and it bearing fruit to death. Sinful passions being aroused in us because, you know, by the law, it says here, bearing fruit to death big difference between that and knowing Jesus Christ being raised together to life with him so that we should bear fruit to God. That's how good fruit, that's how we bear good fruit. It's by being dead to works and law and being made alive to Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans 8, therefore, all of this that he's talking about here, all of this, there is therefore no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Why is there no condemnation? Well, it's because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and he's not talking about commandments, but he's talking about a principle of life, that this the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from that law of sin and death, the law that caused sin and death and the arousal of sin and sin abounding, as Paul talked about, in Romans 4 and 5, sin abounded because of the law. But when grace came, it was a totally different picture. Sin was overcome by Jesus Christ. We were made alive together with him because what the law could not do, and then it was weak through the flesh. Again, there's that weakness what we talked about last week. When we didn't have any strength, here's what God did for us. What the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. The law was weak. The law was good, just, and holy. Uh, Verse 12 of Romans 7 says that the problem was that it was so good, just, and holy, and we weren't, we were so ungodly that the law was weak to do anything because the law couldn't help us. The law couldn't help us to be godly. The law couldn't help us to bear fruit to God. And so it was when being dead to the law and being made alive to Christ that a person can finally bear fruit to God. Absolutely. I mean, this is just such good stuff, the way Paul flows through this throughout the book of Romans. So we're, we're probably spending, we're going to we're gonna go through some other verses in his other books, probably a little bit faster. I don't know, maybe not. But this stuff in Romans is just so rich and interconnected. Sometimes what Paul just said, maybe one chapter ago, he's still connecting to that, you know, a chapter later, so many verses later, just like what we're seeing here in, in Romans chapter 8, compare it to what he was saying earlier in, in chapter 7. It's just a beautiful thing once you begin to to see it. And he points out that you are not in the flesh. You, you as, as a believer in Christ, you're in the spirit. You're, you're not in the flesh. We don't walk according to that. And, and you know, Paul also referred to the flesh as the law or the law as the flesh. And in Galatians chapter three, maybe we'll get to that later, but the bottom line 
here with this is when, sometimes when you're seeing all this stuff about the law, the Jewish law that came through Moses, sometimes you can substitute the word works there. And so that's why that's where you begin to see that faith and works were opposite. Uh, they were opposite of each other. And, and so we'll, we'll dig further into this as, as, as we move along. But that's a, that's a great point, though. What he says at the beginning of Romans chapter 8 is a summary, uh, sort of a brief timeout summary before he moves on of what he was just saying leading up to that for the last couple of chapters. And then as I, I look at uh, Romans 9, Joel, um, real quickly, Paul explains kind of toward the end of Romans 9, this Jew-Gentile thing that we talked about for many weeks when we were discussing Paul and James. This was a tricky thing back at that time. I mean, in the early decades of the church, where largely it was Jewish Christians, believers who were Jewish, who had come to Christ, were wrestling with many things that they didn't quite know how to deal with yet. And much of that had to do with, number one, how does the law fit into this now? Paul comes along later and reveals the law has nothing to do with this, but the Jews didn't understand that for the most part in the early part of the church. And so they were trying to figure this out. You got to realize the rich heritage that had been going on for all these many hundreds if, into thousands of years with the law. And um, all of a sudden, now what? So we have Jesus and the law. We have the law and Jesus. How is this going to work out? And that's where Paul came along and helped reveal what the true gospel was. But so they had this wrestling match going on between the law and Jesus and grace and works and then the Gentiles. What do we do with them? You know, they were never under the law. They, they were the heathens. They were the ones who were unclean. They were the ones who we couldn't even associate with under the law. Uh, and now we hear that they're coming to Christ. And how does that fit? Should they follow the law like we're supposed to be? I mean, what, so there was all of this going on. So Paul, at the end of Romans 9, says, what shall we say then? Obviously, I'm skipping ahead past a bunch of passage here, but he says, what shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness mm. have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness through those commandments, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of that law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So that ends Romans chapter 9 there. But just wanted to point that out, because Paul, again, is making this contrast not only between faith and works, and grace versus law, but Jew and Gentile fall under the same umbrella. There's not more than one gospel. Right. There is only one gospel. Some people say, you know, say, well, Paul said my gospel. Well, you know, he only said that phrase three times in all of his epistles, and he said the phrase the gospel about 50 or 60. So he's the gospel. There is one gospel. It's for Jews and Gentiles saved by grace through faith apart from works. What you were just talking about there, you know, uh, the Gentiles and the Jews, what do we do? You know, they've attained a righteousness, even the Gentiles, even the righteousness of faith. It's come to the Gentiles by faith, just as it is for Israel. So whether you're a person of Israel, a Jew, or if you're a Gentile, salvation is by grace through faith, apart from works, uh, he goes on in the beginning of chapter 10 to say that the people of Israel, the Jews, they were ignorant of God's righteousness. I, I bear them witness that they have zeal for God, 
but not according to knowledge, they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, again, just like what he had just said a few sentences earlier, by the works of the law, they have not submitted to the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Again, it's all about faith. It's all about believing. That word believes and the word faith, it's the same Greek word. You've got a Greek noun and you've got a Greek verb that both mean faith, believe, belief. It's all the same word in, in the Greek, and everyone who believes is saved by grace through faith. And then he goes on to talk about how you know, the righteousness that's in the law, the person who does them shall live by them. In other words, if you're going to live by the law, you have to do it. You have to do it completely. If you're going to do the law, you're going to live by it completely. But the righteousness of faith, as we wrap up for this week, the righteousness of faith speaks this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will ascend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does the word of faith say? It says, the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that word of faith that we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And he goes on and time's run out for this one. So we'll talk more about this as time goes on here on the Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.